Welcome to Black Health Matters. I'm Daryl Armistead, your host. This episode is a Zoom recording of Howard University group session led by Dr. Clive Callender. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> what time is it where you are, Daryl? It's 8.03 here. Okay. Okay. Um, John, you ready to start? There's an interesting article about... Uh, People who have cataracts in there, uh, those who haven't removed are 30% less likely to have dementia, which is uh, oh, 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 lucky well, let me. Let me go get mine out now. Oh, <laughs> lucky me. Yeah, so, well, life is so full of so many things these days. Uh, well, John, you want to start the uh, show? Yeah, I... Uh... I got kicked off for a second. Let's see. I'm getting back in. Tatum. Okay. Yep, I'm back in. My cousin's on here. Mary Ellen, where are you, Mary Ellen? You, you still on I'm here? here? All right, that's my cuz. Hey, cuz. Hey. Here we go. Okay, that's that's not the one we we're gonna start with, so hold on. Hold on. We're holding. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Younger for better mental health. You know, we talked about the fact that um, mental health crisis is upon us. And there are many things we can do uh, to try to help us as we deal with the isolation that goes along with the, with the pandemic. And exercise, of course, is one of the most important things. And yoga is one of the uh, exercises that uh, helps you with it in many ways. Uh, and uh, this is an article that talks about the many ways that uh, yoga, yoga can be helpful. Uh, uh, I think the mental uh, aspect of it is maybe one of the most important ones and, and is often overlooked. Uh, also, the improved mood that goes along with all exercise as well. Although, uh, still far, far too few uh, people over the age of 50 are exercising. Uh, yoga is, is, is actually thought one of the most important, one of the most important exercise ways to uh, uh, restore your health and, and help you to uh, stay healthy as you age, because aging is something that occurs as long as you live, you age. And so uh, one of the most important things about aging is to have your health. Sometimes we talk about things that are important in life, but few things other than your spiritual health are more important than your mental health and your uh, being able to uh be pain-free and uh, be able to use all of your uh, body parts, uh, excluding none. Uh, so uh, it's one of the, the uh, exercises that one may do that uh, is, is among the most helpful of all. Uh, 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 John, you, you, you do yoga, don't you? 
Yes, uh, on average, about four times a week. And uh, and I also walk, walk a lot. Yesterday, I got back into walking. I hadn't been walking since I got sick. And uh, I did 7.4 miles yesterday. Oh. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was reading. Good morning. How are you? Was reading a lot about uh, drastic need for blood transfusions and thought of you, and the fact that you can't do it for at least another three weeks, right? Uh, I'm going to call today. It'll be another two weeks. Yes, yeah. after today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they said they haven't had this such a shortage in more than a decade. But uh, they're not too not many of us who can donate so you're in a special group i was wondering if anyone else on the uh hollywood squares does yoga no take john oh okay kevin all right anyone else if you're interested um i have a um I have an excellent instructor who does classes online. So if, if you uh, text me in the chat, <clears throat> I'll send you a link to her. It's, they're, not, they're not very expensive. And you, you can do them uh, for, for two days each class. Uh, my, my daughter's in sort of. You, you cut off, Kevin. You said your daughter what? My daughter's a certified instructor, so I go through her. Oh, okay, cool. Anyone else? You got to, to pay me back while I'm one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think this is a, a good way to start. This is a, another take on uh, ever increasing number of ways in which pig organs are being used for transplantation. Still, not many xenotransplanting done using the pigs, but uh, uh, because of the success so far, I think uh, the xenotransplantation is, is going to be becoming much more common as, as we get more desperate as we uh, age and our body parts wear out and we don't have enough human donors. We talk often about the fact that uh, 20 people die every day because of the shortage of donors and of course xenotransplantation with uh, pig organs that have been treated to remove the antigenic portions of them that cause rejection uh, is, uh, as a consequence, uh, uh, this is a transplant that is gonna become more and more popular as success uh, occurs. Of course, as the success occurs, uh, you'll have more of the anti-vivisectionists uh, uh, and the animal rights people who will surface and talk about how this is not uh, not good. But uh, <clears throat> if you have a choice of living with a pig heart or dying, uh, living with a pig kidney or dying, then uh, it's up to you. And it's something that uh, is becoming more and more of a reality. Stem cell transplantation and uh, uh, xenotransplantation are our future. Any thoughts about it? Uh, we talked about a number of things over time. And we had one of our members who uh, was given the option of living with a, a machine uh, uh, and, and elected uh, 
to die rather than living with a machine. Uh, and uh, this is another option uh, that wasn't available uh, for him then. Uh, but uh, although heart transplant was an option that he chose not to have. But these are, these are decisions that we're going to have to worry, talk about and discuss more and more. Uh, well, now, many of us already have heart valves and so these heart valves are, are pigs also. Sometimes we don't know much about it, but uh, yeah. So anyway, this is important because I think as we advance, we need to uh, be aware of the options that are avail available to us as we age and as we need more body parts. So, so far, the uh, heart and the uh, kidney have been the only ones that have been used so far. So, Dr. Calder, how long has this research been going on with the animals? Because I'm thinking uh, about like about 30 years. 30 years? Because, you know, we talk about um, 40 genetic, years. genetically modified foods that we don't want to eat, but then we, we look at an animal that has been modified. I, you know, well, you said, you know, some of us don't want to eat, uh, some do want to eat and they eat them. But, uh, uh, with, with food, it's not an option, perhaps, of life or death. But with these organs, it's either you die or you accept a transplant. And so it's an option. Nobody forces it on you, but it's an mm -hmm. option. It's something to think about before you have to make that decision as to whether you want to do that or not. Remember, they originally started with, with uh, primate models, but uh, after HIV uh, became an issue, uh, that was taken off the table, and so pigs were thought a safer model, and so they started doing uh, research on genetically modified uh, uh, organs and mm -hmm. stem cell transplantations as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the same uh, article. Uh, any other questions or concerns about this? Uh, because uh, these are, this is still experimental. Any the, any. Is there any work with, with livers? That's what my, that was going to be my question, yeah. Not, not well, there hasn't not been one yet in terms, in terms, now is your question relating to xenotransplants? Yes, yes. No, there, there have not been any xenotransplants. Remember, these are the first, first that have been done, period. And so the liver has not yet been done. No. But the, uh, Experimentally, they are working on uh, modifying the liver as well as uh, other organs. Dr. Uh, one thing we can say about this, I think, is that uh, where the liver is a sort of a regenerative organ, that you can uh, get a partial liver and maybe it will grow. Uh, that's not the case for the heart and the kidneys. That's not the case for any other organ. Right. That's so what you about the uh, liver is that it's regenerative organ. And we don't know that about any other organs. Is it possible to have a, a partial uh, liver transplant from a, from a pig? Well, we don't know because it hasn't been done yet. Okay. Time will tell. We know that the human liver regenerates. Uh, to the extent to which the pig liver regenerates, we don't know. So 
I'm sure that that's that's that'll be next. Yeah, I have a friend who's um, on the on the list now uh, for liver, and uh, his uh, his lady put out a a request on on Facebook for a partial transplant. How I I never heard of that until now, where you can get a piece of, of a liver. I mean, you know, how much of a liver do you have to have? I have about all a third, a third to a little more than a third of the liver. Yeah, the left lobe of the liver is what is usually used. And and the the the, the donor can survive with, with no problem. Oh, yeah, it's done all the time. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Uh, when you have the uh, live donor liver transplants, that's what's done. They take a third of the liver. Uh, we have one lady who uh, gave her part of her liver to her mother 19 years ago and uh, both are still alive so yes um, it's something that has been done now for 20 years yeah my my question dr calendar is is uh you know because i i go to hopkins and my doctor basically said you know sooner or later you're going to need a liver and he told me that my because of my meld score, I probably wouldn't be uh, available for a list to get on the list, and that I should start looking for like a, a living donor. And from my understanding, you know, because I'm a doc, you know, because I read uh, WebMD, is uh, that my daughter wouldn't be a good match because male female livers. I've never heard that before. Okay. So I got to try to convince my son to go. You may need to help me out someday, Sean. Well, you are the son or daughter. But anyway, uh, the difference is the size of the liver uh, for the female rather than the gender. So right. Much. But uh, yeah, but this is something that uh, uh, you need to think about uh, because uh, it's something that works. And they've been doing that now for at least 20 years. So is the wait list for a liver transplant shorter than for a kidney? Much shorter. The wait for kidney is about uh, five to 10 years. Wait, wait for liver is, uh, as, as, he, as he just mentioned, they have a special uh, uh, criteria that they use. And uh, if, you, if your uh, numbers are are not uh, bad, then you, they don't put you on the list. But if your numbers are high enough, MEL score is the score that they use. If the MEL score is high, then that means that you should, you can get a liver. If it's, if it's low, that means that you're, you're, you're more likely to survive and not need a liver as, as, as urgently as somebody who has a high metal score. MEL score is model for N, uh, and stage liver disease, okay. And it identifies uh, looking at your blood work as to whether or not you, you will die if you don't get a liver transplant. And they do track it. I can remember with David's first transplant, his was liver and he was on the list for a year. And I remember this particular year was August. He was sick and was in the hospital for a week. And within a couple of weeks, he got a transplant. So yeah. obviously the numbers changed. That's encouraging. Okay, thank you. In, the, in those days, that was for the whole liver. They, had, they weren't doing partial livers then. 
No, that was old. Yeah. Any other questions about that before we go on to this? John Tatum was on the list for two weeks, right? For, you mean for the uh, liver? Are you talking about for his liver? Yes. John? He's muted. Oh, okay. Well, when he gets unmuted, he can answer your question. Okay. Three years. Three years. Three years. Okay. Uh, now, this is a, a interesting article about four inventors who changed medicine forever. <clears throat> we've we've talked about many of the inventors who changed medicine. Uh, these are some of the more recent vintage physicians who uh, have done things that have uh, made life better for all humanity. And this is Dr. Julio Palmas, who's uh, actually uh, uh, somebody who, who invented the balloon expendable stent, which now replaces, for the most part, coronary bypass surgeries, unless you have vessels that cannot be uh, bypassed by the stent. And uh, this stent is, is made, a, you can see that more than 2 million stents are implanted each year. And what they do is they dilate the vessel and allow uh, the organ to be used uh, for transplantation. Uh, and this is something for anybody who has coronary artery disease, which is life-saving. Uh, what's, what's the material that those stents are made of? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know what they're made of. Uh, next is Dr. Oz, who you, you all know his program, but few realize that he has been an inventor of something that uh, is called a mitra clip, which allows you to uh, uh, have open heart surgery with minimal uh, involvement. Uh, so that you don't need to have a, uh, you have a minimal invasive approach, but you just put this catheter in and uh, one stitch does it. And this is something that uh, uh, they had an experimental group of 212 and the results were spectacular. And now that has become something that uh, is associated with less complications than with the open technique. Then of course, uh, most people are, aren't aware of Lynette who invented the stethoscope. And uh, that of course has been used ever since and, and is the earmark of a physician in, in medicine to have a stethoscope. Uh, he started back in uh, 1816, a good, a good while ago. Uh, and then uh, I guess the, the Raymond uh, Manion is the one who developed the MRI, <coughs> which uh, now is employed to uh, uh, go from head to toe. And is, is, is now used the radiological signals to uh, map the entire body and find out whether there's small or large tumors or other uh, problems. And the MRI is now used uh, every day, but this is something that uh, he did 20 years ago. I'm sorry, more than 20, he got the award 20 years ago, but 
This is something that is now part and parcel of, of medicine. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to see how many uh, physicians have been part of the uh, inventor category. Any of you have an MRI? None of you have had MRIs? Yeah, I've had an MRI. I've had yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I've had one. This is true. Yeah. I've had MRIs before. Yeah. Sylvia had one also. Carol has had one. Janice has. John has. Yeah, it's interesting when you go in that machine. Uh, and if you have claustrophobia, I think David had one also. He had to have the one that is open. Because they have open and closed. He had a problem with it. He couldn't go in the machine. Right. Yeah. Yes, that gave him I special had one also. Yeah. So. But it's amazing how God has given us the wisdom to uh, uh, invent these things and, and uh, help one another out. Uh, this is an article that talked about a vaccine that may help. I mean, uh, these articles that talk about things that may work uh, are not something that I pay too much attention to because uh, it takes time to research and find out whether these uh, uh, these vaccines will work. Uh, this is something that uh, may work and time will tell. It takes a lot of research and and. Uh, uh, just as we did with the vaccines for coronavirus. So it's going to take a while uh, before we know whether this is a dream or reality. <clears throat> now, what is different about this is when they finish this, that he's willing to share the patent uh, so that uh, you don't have to worry about whether or not you make money from it or not. But it, it remains to be seen whether it's worth it or not. So, so it's interesting to see that. But let's see what comes of it. Would also be very inexpensive, I've heard. Yeah, well, if it works, right. But first, you got to see if it works or not, right? Okay. The CDC director was really hammered uh, about why they changed from five. 10 days to five days. And she uh, spoke on television and spoke about many of the reasons why they changed. And she stands she stands tall in saying that uh, the five days works. Uh, some think that you need to uh, uh, get a test after five days, but she's not suggesting that. Just indicating that five days after systems, if, if you're feeling asymptomatic and you're well, it's okay to go back to work. So this is this our perspective and uh, uh, things have changed uh, now and people after five days, if they're asymptomatic, they're allowed to go back to work. Any comments or questions about that? That's new development over the last couple of weeks that some people <clears throat> Excuse me, do, do they test negative uh, on the rapid tests after five days? They don't, they're, they're not testing, but uh, 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 Fauci was suggesting getting tested, but, uh, uh, and I, I uh, agree with the test, but uh, Olensky was uh, suggesting they can go back 
after five days if they're asymptomatic without the test. Well, this this was especially for for the nurses and doctors, though, right? I think that was. This is especially for people who have been vaccinated. Mm. Oh, okay. People who have been vaccinated. Dr. Callender, my daughter, when she got it, when she went to urgent care, they told her because she tested positive that once she did her quarantine, which she did for ten days, that. It did not for her not to take another test because there was that possible chance that it was going to come back positive when it shouldn't because it's a window or something so many days before you take a test that it won't come back positive. And I did that made no sense to me, but I was like, well, okay. Well, that's that's just that's the general feeling is after you've done 10 days. Uh, uh, however, most people are not going to let you get back to work unless you have a negative test. Most people are gonna ask you to have a negative test, but uh, it depends where you work. Uh, in our hospital, you have to have a negative test. Otherwise you can't come back to work. Is that a negative rapid test or a PCR test? You have to have a negative test. They don't, they don't say what kind of test. Wow, okay. <clears throat> Well, last night on the news, they were saying that PCR tests is so sensitive that it can stay in your system. I think they said up to something like 60 days and you could still test positive particular tests. Uh, that's correct, but that does not mean that you shouldn't, that hospitals should relax their, their requirements. They still require you to have a negative test. While what you said is true, they still require negative tests. Uh, this is the, the European perspective about it. Uh, and uh, there are many perspectives. The question is that we really don't know all the answers. We will know over time. Uh, but uh, so uh, reasonable people may differ. And these are some of the reasonable people and they have different opinions and ideas about it. Only time will tell who's right and who's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Callender, is it inevitable that we will all catch COVID at some point? I, I, I suspect so, but I don't know every data, any data that uh, proves that. Uh, I think so. I think with time, yeah, if you survive long enough, yeah. It's like the flu. Yeah. But, you know, everybody does not get the flu. That's so, true. Right. So so everybody will probably will not get COVID. So uh, this is an interesting experience to go through. Uh, We've been through what the people went through in 1918 and, and 1919. And uh, uh, we're going through it right now, still going through it now in 2022. Hello. So, um, Dr. Callender, if you're in a household and uh, some of you get the virus and some of you don't, um, or the people that did get the virus and and you linger on, can you get reinfected or at that same time because one person still has symptoms and um, testing positive? As long as they have symptoms and test positive, they can reinfect you possible, 
that's why that's why you want them to be isolated. So they I'm don't. Looking at, I'm looking at the picture of this little boy, and when I first uh, got my test, they went deep in the nose with that probe. But I've heard that they don't have to go deep anymore. That's correct. They stopped doing that a long time ago. They also there's an article that you see that suggests for some people because of the uh, sore throat that sometimes they think you need to also have a throat swab, but that's that's still being studied. But they no longer do the deep uh, uh, nasopharyngeal swabbing. They do it's very superficial now. They've changed from that. Uh, many of us are old enough to know what the croup is, uh, but some probably have not heard that term before. But that's, yes, that's right. Yeah, and it's a sound that you make. It's uh, <laughs> distinctive. <clears throat> it's it's tough to imitate. But uh, uh, some of the kids who come down with the COVID-19, they have that, that uh, whooping cough uh, and uh, call the croup. And uh, it's not the only virus that causes that, but it's one of them. Dr. Calder, is there um, some type of medicine for whooping cough? Or, I mean, yeah, before COVID, well, there's, a vac there's a vaccine also as well. Oh, yeah. So, so if a child does have um, the whooping cough or the croups, do they give them both vaccines, the COVID? No, I mean, no, no, no. This is this is croup from COVID. In other okay. words, that's pertussis is a special uh, uh, germ that causes uh, whooping cough, uh, but uh, uh, COVID can cause the croup just like uh, pertussis, which caused the, which is responsible for the whooping cough. It's amazing that uh, COVID has been able to cause diseases from head to toe. So. I have a neighbor who's having, um, he got, still has symptoms from catching COVID in May of 2020. And he really hasn't recovered his vim and vigor and his, um, also he still can't taste. They call that long COVID. Uh, and they, they say 50% of the people who uh, actually are hospitalized uh, have long COVID and have symptoms for at least six months to a year. And your, your friend sounds like he fits into that category, long COVID. Well, he never went in the hospital and he needed, he should have gone, but he's just so stubborn. He uh -oh. was scared to go because he said people in the hospital were sicker than he was. Yeah, that was his rationale. So he 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 doctored himself. And one of the things he used was, you know, that little thing that they give you when you're in the hospital to get you to breathe deep. Yes. You blow it and the little thing pops up. Yes. He was giving his own self treatments with that. Well, okay. Well, he survived, so we're happy for yeah, him. Yeah, he survived. But he's still, you know, he's he's still not, you know, back the and way it's two he was. Years. It's two years now. Yeah, we'll be in, in May. 
Yeah, the problem with COVID is that in addition to the acute illness, it also causes chronic illness. Uh-huh. And that, that's something that we don't talk too much about, but 50% of the people who get COVID actually have that long COVID, which stays with you for at least a year and longer. Yeah. Now, this is an article that talks about kids under five who uh, can't be vaccinated who wind up going to the hospital. And uh, while the original version of uh, COVID uh, didn't affect kids that much, this these new variants, including the Omicron and the uh, Delta, uh, uh, do affect kids. So uh, uh, this is something that uh, all all of the grandparents and parents are concerned about the younger children, what to do about them since they cannot be vaccinated. And of course, if everyone else is vaccinated, well, that helps, but uh, yeah. And so uh, most people will just limit their, their children from playing with other children, but that doesn't work too well either, so. But this, uh, these viruses have taught us a lot about the uh, uh, importance of vaccines and the importance of washing our hands and the importance of social distancing and uh, wearing masks, which uh, are all important. And this is a uh, common question. How do I know I have the cold, the flu or COVID-19? Uh, one of the best ways to know is to get get tested because many people who think they have the flu have COVID. And so, uh, and then even some have both. Yeah, but uh, uh, there's such a variety of symptoms that it's pretty hard to tell without getting a COVID test whether you have a sore throat or not, or you have a fever or chills or not, it varies so much, especially in people who are vaccinated, that uh, the, uh, having the rapid test uh, available is one of the ways to distinguish it. <clears throat> Dr. Cowler, the long lines that we see people standing in line, do you think those, and waiting for tests, do you think those are more unvaccinated or do you just think people just, want to be tested. I'm, I'm trying to see why there's so many people. They want to be tested. They want to be Just, tested because uh, uh, they want to know whether they have the virus or not. It's, and uh, you're right. I think uh, uh, Buchanan was in one of those long lines, right? And, oh, uh, <clears throat> and uh, they want to be able to do the, get the test done rapidly uh, and not wait for uh, more than 24 hours and you can know within minutes. So uh, that's why the people are waiting the long lines. And now, they're having long lines. now they're having long lines for the test kits. Um, right. They're giving those away free, but the lines are so long. I thought that's what she was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, the other she, meant, she meant vaccination. 
Yeah, I was just saying it was so, the lines are so long. I'm just saying, do you think they were many who had never been vaccinated? Well, they, they, the they, they show, show, just tested. They don't have the rapid test so that you can do your own test at home. I think some of them, some of them want to do that. And as, as you said, there's some who just want to be tested. In, in DC, Doc, they have uh, at the libraries and the uh, firehouses and some other pop-up places, they have um, the rapid test <clears throat> that you can get, take home and, and do it in 15 minutes. And they also have the PCR that you can take home and bring the, the test tube back to the collection site at the library. And they pick those up at eight o'clock at night and three to five days later, you get the PCR back. So yep. bo bo both types of tests are available in DC. And in, and in DC, there is an art to picking it up and not waiting in line. They normally give them out at 12 o'clock. And if you go in there at 1, 1 you just walk in, they get, show your ID, they give you two and you can leave. They give you two of each. What? About the long lines is that people are in these long lines because they want to go back to work. People, uh, some organizations are requiring them to be tested and come up with a negative test before they can go back to work. And that's the other reason for these long lines. They yeah, want to go back to work. Teachers too, right? Especially yeah. teachers. I'm talking about teachers, yeah. They can't go inside the building if they don't get a negative test. And a lot of organizations are doing that. And so people who weren't even going to get the shots, they now have to get tested in order to get back to work. Right. Uh, it's interesting. It's a new, new world we live in. And uh, uh, here's the Moderna saying that we may need another booster in the fall of 2022, just like we do with the flu. Uh, and uh, I guess we've we've heard that said for quite a while. And uh, most people are anticipating <coughs> that uh, this will be the case, that you'll need another booster in 2022. Um, Dr. Callender, I heard on the news yesterday, this is a sidebar, um, that Congress is trying to stop themselves. They already have a rule that they cannot buy stocks and something before they vote on it. And a lot of congressmen and um, senators, they bought stock in the COVID vaccine before they made it a law. And so they're making money off of these things. And um, they're trying to pass, repass the law again, um, saying that congressmen that are privy to the information cannot buy stocks into these um, organizations that are making like the, you know. It's kind of late. <laughs> you know, they're sort of late, like shutting the That's door two years too late. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's uh, the horse is long out of the barn. <laughs> well, isn't that considered insider trading? Yeah. No, not really, because no. there was no law about it, so. There was a law, but they just ignored it including this well, house. Well, that, that, okay, I won't debate that issue because uh, uh, the fact is that uh, uh, 
when uh, the, the, the virus, when the vaccine was first thought about, uh, the companies that were doing it, um, Moderna and uh, uh, no, nobody knew that necessarily it was going to be successful. So, but anyway, uh, it's interesting to hear that. So we'll see what comes of it. I, I suspect nothing, but anyway. And Congress makes the laws. And so when these companies come before them with their products and prove to the Congress that they're safe. But no, they, they don't prove to the Congress. And that's not accurate. They don't prove to the Congress that they're safe. They prove, they to, prove to the FDA. That's yeah, not Congress. Yeah, that's the, that's the federal government. But that's not Congress. But you said Congress. That is not Congress. No, no, I'm not talking about Congress. Uh, all I'm saying is Congress has an inside information. That's all. Okay. All right. And, and, and I thought Pfizer was a big contributor to the Republican campaign, especially on uh, Trump's. Okay. All right. Uh, now, this is an article that talks about natural immunity uh, not panning out. I don't, I wonder what that, what I think they mean is that if you have COVID, uh, that your natural immunity doesn't protect you against Omicron. And uh, it protects you against some of the other uh, variants, but not against uh, Omicron. And so uh, that's why there's the need for not only uh, the vaccine, but for the booster, because this variant uh, uh, suggests that uh, the immunity that you have is not sufficient to keep you from uh, getting uh, uh being hospitalized or dying from uh, the virus. And of course, herd immunity, of course, is uh, what we had, some people had talked about uh, being the uh, cure-all, uh, that if we had 90% of the population to get uh, COVID, that uh, the other 10% would be protected. And uh, so, uh, this is why they say natural immunity uh, is not effective. That's not true. It's just that it doesn't may not last as long. It, 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 and then for uh, it looks as though with the uh, vaccine, it lasts for five to five months is what we're saying now. And the natural immunity may not last that long. And so that's uh, what the discussion is all about. So I don't think that natural immunity, uh, natural immunity does exist. It just may not be sufficient in the long term. So Dr. Callender, um, <clears throat> just like we have uh, the, the different flu viruses every year, it seems like that's what's going to happen with COVID. You're going to have a yeah. different, different mixture of, right. of uh, uh, variants, vaccines. yeah, variants, yeah, yeah. That's what most people are expecting, and uh, and that that's why you see some articles that talk about appealing to the uh, Biden to recognize that uh, uh, COVID is going to be with us like the flu, and help us prepare for that. Well, and uh, not, wait, not not wait for COVID to be eliminated because it's probably not going to be. So uh, another question. There are millions of doses of, of the original vaccines out there. 
And are, are they going to go to waste? Are they ineffective now because of these new variants? Yeah, I mean, we... they're not ineffective. I just think that uh, they're, uh, in other words, uh, you still should be vaccinated. Uh, and you still should get a booster shot. And the booster shot is, is demonstrating that it is protective because those who are vaccinated really die and really require hospitalization. And that's the purpose of the vaccination in the first place. So uh, it, it, it doesn't say that you don't need it anymore. It just identifies uh, the limitations of the vaccine. Doctor, I heard with one state had a hundred, they have a hundred thousand tests that had to be destroyed because they didn't use it. Do they have some kind of punishment for them? That seems like that's a very terrible thing to do when there are people in other countries, especially Africa, that don't have any vaccine and that a state would turn it political and wouldn't distribute a vaccine? Well, where, where do you expect them to, the state isn't capable of delivering a vaccine to another country. But it seemed like they would get back with the, with, the gov, with the federal government and tell them that they have this excess. Seemed well, like they know, would talk, talk to each other or something. I just thought that was such a horrible thing. Right, yeah, that was Florida. And it was such a waste. That's what uh, I'm it is a waste, but I, I don't I don't understand you trying to make punish them for it. Well, I, I don't mean punish, punish, but I mean I'm thinking about moral authority. Because see, I think in all of this, ethics is being lost. You know, it's no moral imperative to do the right thing and to overlook whether you're a Democrat or a Republican and just do the right thing. It it's it, it's it's um finding uh i find that that morals just go out the window ethics just is is something that people laugh at that it doesn't mean anything and that's troubling to me it's troubling to everybody yeah because uh, doing the right thing is is important uh and i think that your concern is shared by everyone the only thing that uh I didn't quite understand how you could punish them for it. For their I don't mean like a like. I'm just saying that you they should it, it it should let they it should be known that that's not a that that is not a, a, a ethical thing to do. That's what I mean by punishment because so many things are done and if nobody says anything about it, people assume it's okay. Good point. Excellent point. Okay. Uh, and I think that in this day and age, our integrity is often lacking. That's true. And that's what you're talking about. Uh, yes, sir. Doing the right thing, whether somebody's looking at you or not. And that's uh, something that uh, being true to yourself, you can be false to no man. And that is the moral imperative that you speak of, which is critical. And it's something that we should always keep in mind. The point is well taken. Okay. Um, <laughs> Pop-up testing sites. These days, anything is right for nefarious activities uh, because you have to be sure uh, 
that what you're getting is the right thing because uh, as, 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 as you mentioned, everyone does not have the same moral imperatives. And uh, so you have to be careful. And that's why the places that they've identified are places that people trust in, the library and other places. But when they have these other pop-up places, I think they're pointing out, be careful. And uh, uh, you may be taken advantage of. I don't know of any particular place uh, that follows, that meets these criteria, but uh, do any of you experience any place like that? They identified places uh, where somebody had a mall parking lot and place in Baltimore. Uh, so people who are unlicensed pop up. That's that's the nature of, uh, of uh, our democracy that allows nefarious people to take advantage of others. That same neighbor I was telling you about, he got some tests from a, a pop-up. I don't know where it was, but when he showed them to his doctor, his doctor told him he thought that they were they were some of those ones that were, um, you know, they weren't real tests. They were false tests and, and made just for money. Yeah. Somebody had, had gotten to them. He said because they, they had gibberish on it. They had American words on it, but it didn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's, it's sad in this, this world today. There's so many people who, all that, God is their money. Money is their God, rather. Yeah, and so they don't do anything to make money. And that's sad. I um I just ordered a test from LabCorp. Actually, they'll mail me the test kit and then you send it back to them Federal Express and get tested that way and they send you your results. Yeah, it's legitimate, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, next one. There's some very, very good news and that news is uh, uh, while uh, the spread is overwhelming. Hospitalizations is not in concert with the huge number of people who have been infected, which is thought to be a, a credit to the vaccine. That's what the vaccine was intended to cause. And that's why it is thought that most of the people who are in the hospital from COVID uh, are unvaccinated. And I think that this is something that uh, still requires us to uh, be careful and uh, uh, take all of the precautions that uh, we've been taught to take. <clears throat> I, on Saturday, uh, I think in the, uh, it's a basketball game and they are now doing what they used to do at the concerts. In order to attend the basketball game, you have to have uh, proof of your vaccination. So, excuse me. What is a negative pressure room? Oh, that's a, a room where they where they have uh, a pressure uh, allowing the uh, exchange to go away from inside the room, and therefore 
it's become germ-free. And uh, that's the kind of a a technique they use in in all isolation rooms in the hospital. (laughs) And uh, it's to keep, it's trying to, it's trying to make the, the, the uh, room germ-free. Okay, thank you. And it's very effective and uh, it's the kind of thing that they try to create when they, uh, in the airplanes, when they uh, now have uh, a different filtration system. But in the hospital, it's it's, uh, specially done so that the uh, all of the uh, circulation goes away from the room, and uh, it's it's essentially germ-free. Yeah. So this this statement here is one that a lot of people are worried about right now: is reinfection. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, legitimately so, uh, because uh, breakthrough infections are. Have, have become common. So it's legitimate, yeah. Dr. Callender, they have some um, portable um, air uh, filtration um, systems out. Is that um, equal to trying to filter the air to make it pure like they yeah, are doing uh, in the ICUs? Yes, that's, that's the kind of system that they're talking about, yeah. That they have something like that in airplanes now, and they have that in hospitals all, uh, all over the country. That, uh, uh, and, and they need to have more things like that in restaurants if you're going to have people uh, eating. You need more uh, filtration like that. Is it's, that it's really something not- good to have in your own home, those portable um, filtration systems? It depends on uh, who you have in your home. If you're going to have a lot of people who are unvaccinated, it might be something you might want to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you're going to have events in which people come in that are unvaccinated, uh, it's probably a good idea. I don't know how expensive it is, though. A lot of people ask for where the COVID tests that Biden promised, and I guess the uh, I guess they're at the libraries and other places because uh, they're all free. But uh, many people haven't had ex- access to them, and uh, so this has been a question. Uh, Drugstores don't have them, but. Uh, and the places that you see people having those long lines, that's where they have them. Uh, so. But this has been some a subject for much discussion. Uh, in the UK, they've done this to uh, the ultimate degree, but we have not. We're just starting it here, but it's something the UK has been doing for some time, which we are late in catching up with. And of course, this is something new that uh, the insurers will pay for the cost of at-home testing, the same way they cover the cost of PCR lab tests. This is something that has just happened 
so that uh, uh, your insurance company will take up the cost. That's a relatively new uh, issue that Biden has provided. This is, this is another article that points out that uh, hospitalizations and deaths are very rare in fully vaccinated adults. Uh, meaning people who've fully vaccinated now means that you not only have been fully vaccinated, but you also have the booster shot. And uh, which is expected five months after you got your initial vaccination. Dr. Callender, they approved the um, booster for, I think it was children 12 through 15 now. That's Do you correct. know if, that if they've already um, started it, is it already in action? Yeah, it's in action. Now, okay. I, yeah, I mean, in other words, FDA has approved it. Now, that's the first step in terms of actually making it happen. That's another one. Okay, Carol, we miss you. Stay safe. That's the other issue we're still having. Some churches are still open and some churches are closed and we're still having funerals and those things. And uh, it's, hope, it's, it's desirable that uh, they uh, actually have masks and that they have social distancing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we talked about last week is the type of mask that people use, and the importance of the, uh, the, the, the layered mask and the cloth mask is thought not to be safe, so. Dr. Callender, I have, a, I have a cloth mask that has a pocket in it to put a filter. Are, are those safer? Uh, layered masks are thought to be safer. Uh, but cloth masks that are not layered are not safe. Not safe from the Omicron variant anyway. And I, uh, that slide you just showed points out those people who are in the category of uh, at risk. And pulmonary disease, liver disease, chronic kidney disease, neurologic disease, diabetes, cardiac disease, those are the, this is important to know because if you fall in that category, then you are more likely to have a severe outcome. And it's interesting how it is, this explosion has affected uh, uh, services everywhere, uh, classrooms, hospitals, you name it. Uh, this this uh, my Omicron explosion is, has been devastating to the economy and to everything else. Yeah, a lot of people are driving instead of flying too. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that's what Joyce did, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the uh, airplane is the safest part of the trip. The uh, most dangerous part of the trip is, is waiting online and walking through the airport itself. 
but they they play it tough, especially if they require all people who get on board to wear their masks properly, which is more than a notion nowadays. Are they, they so you're not required to be vaccinated to fly though, are you? No. Mm. But you're required to wear a mask, but there's sometimes if you don't, they don't police that. Well, plus, especially if you're going to have people eating and drinking, then how can mm. you police that? So uh, you, you kind of uh, put in a situation where, where it's safest if they don't uh, pass around uh, food and drinking, because that mm -hmm. means you, have, you can't wear a mask. So. And Dr. Callender, that's exactly how I think I caught it. Uh, we we performed at a at a very large hall. It's the um, Martin's uh, Crossroads. Awesome. Yeah, and it was like three over three hundred people in there, and everybody everybody had the masks on on the dance floor. But when you go back to your your table to eat your your dinner, right. Who, right. who eats with a mask on? It's not nobody. You can't. So, you can't do it. So it's a paradox, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I guess most people are hoping that what happened in South Africa is a short-lasting thing will be the same thing in the United States. And by the end of this month, it'll be gone, but we shall see. It's interesting. They haven't called it the South African virus. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if right. Trump was president, they would have. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hospitals everywhere is affecting the short, short. Uh, shortage of employees for a number of reasons. Well, mm -mm -mm. 1,600 teachers were absent on Wednesday. Can you imagine? Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's hard to even get the children to school because they don't have the bus drivers to even get them to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was surprised they called the National Guard out just to drive a school bus. I'm not. But that's what they did in Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They do all kinds of things. But did they You'd be surprised. They use the did National they, Guard for anything. Did they follow mm. through on that? Because I was hearing where, I don't know if it was Maryland's National Guard that said mm. they were doing yeah testing sites and vaccine sites or something like that. So I don't, I don't know. I didn't know if that ever went into effect or not in Montgomery County. I don't know about Montgomery I think it did. I think it did. The National Guard, oh. they responded and said that they were not at yeah. that time going to be driving school buses. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they showed it yesterday on the news and, and a spokesperson from the uh, Maryland National Guard, and they said that uh, they would not be at this time driving school buses because just what you said, that they're doing testing sites and all of these other different things. And they were like, they're stretched in. 
everybody stretched them. Yeah. Well, this is, this is what we spoke about a little earlier that uh, uh, that some are suggesting that uh, saliva tests be used as well. That's still not official, uh, but uh, uh, there's uh, we need to uh, look more into that detail so we can really have an answer to that question. But anyway, the uh, this is something that is on the table at this time. So uh, I think it's too early to say. Right now, most of, most of the sites are still only doing nasopharyngeal swabs. And coming up with positives, so. One of the things that is uh, different about this situation is that we're learning as we go. And what is true today is not necessarily true next week. Mm -hmm. so we have to be flexible and, mm -hmm. and uh, adjust our positions as time goes on. And as the data uh, demonstrates the necessity for things. So time will tell whether this is uh, accurate or not. Uh, this is a little off the subject, but did anybody see the news clip uh, where they were talking with Dr. Fauci, I think a senator, congressman, somebody, and he kept asking him the same question over and over again. And then in the end, Dr. Fauci said, what a moron. They were talking. That was Rand Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah Rand Paul. Paul. Yes, that's who it was. No, no, that, that, <laughs> that was another It wasn't Rand Paul. It was some other senator. Yes. And, uh, and, and he was reading from, someone must have handed him that question because he was reading from, you know, he was reading from a piece of paper on his desk about, you know, uh, uh, Fauci's finances. Right, yes. And, and yeah. Fauci was saying, well, it's available. <laughs> you know, my, 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 my book's open to anybody. And the guy didn't know what to say after that. And Fauci just said, <laughs> Moron. Yeah, yeah, what moron? I was like, okay. But but isn't Rand Paul supposed to be some type of doctor? I think he might yeah, be. He is. He's a doctor. Yeah, he is. That's why they battle so much. But but what kind of doctor is he? I don't remember. I, f I can't remember. But he's a, a mad doctor. <laughs> he is a physician. But he, he must have forgot, forgot stuff. I don't know if he forgot. He has a different opinion. You know, different strokes for different folks. You know, there's some people who, who believe and some don't believe. So you have different opinions. So you have different schools of thought. And uh, he definitely has a different school of thought than Fauci. And the data doesn't often support his position. But it gets, him elected. it gets him elected <laughs> and it gets some fundraising. Well, it's interesting that this uh, Omicron hospitalization uh, records uh, are exceeding, far exceeding the past pandemic. And so that uh, 
this is really frightening people. Rand Paul is an ophthalmologist. Oh. Oh. Which is a physician and surgeon who treats eye conditions. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is enough for us to recognize that uh, this month we have to try to stay safe as best we can. And the face of the uh, increasing numbers of people who are being infected. I'm sure that uh, none of us uh, can say we know no one who's uh, contracted COVID. Right, yes. All of us have uh, experienced, and some of us have experienced people who've died from COVID. Many of us have experienced people who've died from COVID. Not only been infected, but actually died from COVID. And uh, and people are still dying from COVID. And uh, so it's, uh, it's important that we not forget things that we've emphasized from the beginning of now. Washing your hands, masking, distancing, and uh, getting vaccinated. Trying to stay safe. That's all you can. Yesterday, I was looking on Amazon for something, and it came up with with these masks. But then I'm looking, and the free test kits that they're giving out to everybody's on Amazon, and somebody selling. Say, say again. Said, this is just a bit. This is a, the free test kits that we get. Like right? you go yes. to the library and things like that. Somebody now is selling them on Amazon. One They've been doing that. They've been doing that. Yeah, that's right. They're doing that. That should be, is it illegal? No. Why should it be illegal? If you want to buy it, you can buy it. Wow. Yeah, it's I free. I thought maybe it was illegal because if it's free, then how can you sell it? Easy. I mean, some people don't want to wait. Sell anything. You can sell anything. Okay. Yeah. Sell anything. Just because it's free doesn't mean you can't sell it. Somebody will buy it. <laughs> I see. Yeah, and I think uh, Cheryl told us that she got her. Didn't she tell us that she got your test? Yeah, I did get some. Yeah, I did get some test kits from Amazon. Right. And and yeah. I ordered the one from LabCorp as well. Now LabCorp, you can either um, opt to pay out your pocket or give them your insurance information. And insurance will now pay for it. For LabCorp, yeah. Yeah, insurance will not pay for it. Will not? What's the cost of a test kit online when you purchase it online? Like $23, $23 for two tests. <clears throat> not bad. That's what it, it was what it cost before. Eh? Uh, this is uh, what COVID tests can and can't tell you about being contagious, which goes along with what somebody had said earlier. The fact that uh, some people, there are exceptions. Some people keep testing positive for COVID weeks and months after. And they, even when they're no longer contagious. And that's the point that I think 
somebody was drinking. Uh, and that's why somebody advised them to not get tested unless they had to, because sometimes you not be contagious and still test positive for the virus. Now, how do you handle that if you uh, work at a place that requires a negative test? Uh, that's a good question. I think you have to see your infectious disease expert and let him uh, interact with the uh, institution. Dr. Cowan, at the hospital, how often do you all have to get tested? Weekly. Oh, okay. At the uh, hospital and, and at, at the that, university. And that's mandatory, correct? Tests are not mandatory unless you turn positive. If you're positive, uh, then you have to, but they're optional. Now for students, they're not optional. And uh, uh, it's, it's not mandatory for you to be tested at the hospital uh, unless, if you're vaccinated, you still have to get a weekly test, but it's not mandatory. It's recommended. Oh, okay. Now, if you have any symptoms, then it becomes mandatory. This is what Cheryl was talking about, I think. Right, that's right, exactly. Oh, even though yeah. they're not contagious. Mm -hmm. even, though they, yeah, even though they're not contagious. And yet, if you test by the rabbit after you could still be contagious, they say. So there's two different schools of thought in there. For the most part, the CDC is saying if you asymptomatic after five days, you can go back to work. It doesn't require you to take a, a te another test. However, many jobs require that you can't come back until you have a negative test. Oh. So there are circumstances where you go to your infectious disease expert and let them deal with the institution regarding your particular circumstance. Recognizing that we don't know all the answers. And things are changing weekly, if not daily. Right. I, I find a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, but that's what happens when you're something new that, that the doctors are working on. You know, it's no, these are not the 10 commandments. They're yeah. not written in stone. They're changing, you know, and that's a good thing because that means that they're working on it. I find comfort in that they're not so, that they're not so rigid and, 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 I find that, that that makes me feel that they're working on it. But a lot of people, that's what they are upset about Fauci because he says one thing this time and then one thing another. And then, 
but that's how it is when you you're you're testing and experimenting and 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 doing things like that you 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 can't be certain well you know it's interesting that in 1918 when they had it they had no vaccine right we're, we're fortunate we have a vaccine and that's we're right, fortunate right. as you mentioned that we can learn as we go uh, not be inflexible. I, I think your point is very well taken. Dr. Callender, uh, I'm asking on behalf of someone else this question about vitamin C. What happens uh, if you have an overdose of vitamin C and what is the daily recommended dose? Well, actually, it's interesting that uh, you asked that question because uh, overdose of vitamin C can give you gastritis, uh, mm -hmm. can give you, um, I guess that, that's probably one of the most common problems with gastritis. Uh, the, the recommended dose is probably a gram uh, a day, uh, but, uh, you know, Linus Pauling, one of the gram? Prize. One yeah. gram a yeah. day. Right. One gram a uh, day. Uh, Linus Pauling won a Nobel Prize for a number of things, including his work on vitamin C. Uh, but uh, a lot of uh, things have changed since then. And, uh, uh, and, and of course, he also recommended astronomical doses of vitamin C to be run colds and such. And there's a lot of data that uh, is not supportive of his positions on that. Uh, and so uh, the amount of vitamin C that you need to take uh, and the amount of vitamin C that people take may be two different things. So I think a gram is about all you need today. Okay, thank you. I will pass it on. Any other comments or questions? Uh, we've talked about a lot of items today. And uh, I guess one of the most important things that you brought up was that the changes was going on and we have to be aware of what's going on and things change weekly, if not daily. And so we have to be flexible, willing to learn from the data that uh, uh, is shared with us. Uh, and. Uh, and I think that uh, it's clear that nobody knows all of the answers. That's right. And uh, we're learning as we go. Uh, and that uh, is something that we have to keep in mind so that we can. <laughs>